This Meeting on the Go podcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Tonight's leader is Joe. Hi, everyone. I'm Joe. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I'm extremely nervous tonight. Um, So I have been back in OA for a little over, probably about 12 and a half years now. And um, I brought some pictures tonight, which I haven't shown in a while. The first picture, um, and I'll pass these in a second, is me. I was about 10 years old, and that's when I first started dieting and getting obsessed with my weight. And just looking at the picture now, I was not a fat kid. I was probably a little bit, I guess it was called husky at that point, but by no means. And it's just, you know, I have so much compassion now for this kid because, you know, to to start life at like 10 years old just being obsessed with my body, and it did not get any better. It, it just continued to get worse and worse, and nothing helped until I came back to program and started working with a sponsor and working the steps. And some of it just shows, like, I started hiding behind people in pictures. Um, my high weight is, um, recorded weight's about 300 pounds. And I also suffer from the other side of the disease, the anorexic side, um, and I've been about 30 pounds lighter than this at this size, um, primarily in high school. Um, and I forgot to bring that picture, but there's a picture of me in high school. I think it was like sophomore year in high school. And I just remember that feeling. I had gained weight, like I was on my way up. I was at my lowest weight, and um, I was exercising about four hour, three to four hours a day to maintain that weight and eating anywhere between like 300 to 700 calories a day and then binging on the weekends. And I just had that feeling, because when I hit that weight, I thought life was fixed, because my, my family told me, once you were thin, life would be perfect. You'd have a relationship you wanted, and that's, that's not the case. I mean, life is not perfect, um, but OA gives me the tools to sort of live each day and live another day, not have to binge, and my life has gotten tremendously better. Uh, there's a picture close to my highest weight where um, my nephew uh, was was just born and I was trying to hide behind him in the picture. There's another picture that I have a shirt on that says symbol of freedom, which was I had, I had been back in OA. I learned about OA through um, another program and in college, and I first started coming... Um, when I graduated college and it was in and out, in and out, because unfortunately I'm reasonably intelligent and I thought I knew better than all of you and I thought I knew how to rewrite the steps or what I needed a program and um, <clears throat> so I had come back and I was in program. My first relationship had broken up. I was about 24 years old and we were together um, 
throughout high school, like on and off uh, throughout high school. So I came to OA because I needed to get Finn to find a boyfriend. That's basically why I came. And I didn't want your steps. I didn't want your stinking sponsorship. I just wanted to come to enough meetings, get thin, and get out. That's basically what my plan was. So in the back of my mind, I did not, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, um, have surrendered or accepted that this was a disease that I was going to have the rest of my life. So I had hooked, the honest truth was I hooked up with this guy and tried to make it into a relationship, which did not, It. I mean, we were together three and a half years, but I was sick, so I, um, attracted someone just as sick as I was, and it was a really dysfunctional relationship. But this was, people told me because I had a, I had a little issue with dating and staying abstinent, not to date, and I thought they were fucking insane, and I didn't listen to that. <laughs> so I started dating. Uh, we moved in together within two or three months, I think. And the only step, the only things I was working a program at that point were meetings. I was going to a good amount of meetings, and I stopped doing that as much, and then I stopped doing that at all. And I was probably in about six months at that point. I had lost about 60 pounds. Um, I didn't have a really healthy food plan at that point, so I was losing really quickly. And um, I had gained at this point probably, like, this was the March on Washington, so about... 30 pounds at that point and just was miserable because it was sort of that whole, oh my God, it's happened again. You know, I've, I've gained weight. And then the last one is after a year and probably year and three months, year and four months, something like that of abstinence. It's the first time I was back at the beach. Um, and the first time I had bought a bathing, this isn't a bathing suit shop, but um, I had bought a bathing suit, I had bought a tank top, and it's the first time like I went to the beach since high school, and it was about 12 or 13 years that I hadn't been to the beach, I wouldn't take my shirt off at the beach, and it's just a, a symbol to me of how much how, mu how much the disease has taken from me, like so much things um, that I haven't done because of the disease. Um, and I was thinking about that um, before the meeting, like some of the lies that my disease has told me, like um, it, there, there was these lies that I was going to be fired, that I wasn't good enough at work, in spite of getting promotions and being promoted and being type A personality. There was always that fear, um, being insecure about that. Um, there was lies that I wasn't intelligent enough, so my grades, I was, I think I, in high school I was probably top five of my class, but the disease, you know, I, basically I was so insecure, my self-esteem was so bad that I didn't apply to any, any Ivy League schools, and I probably could have gotten into some of them whether or not I would have went, but that was just another, another thing that I didn't do because I didn't feel secure enough to do it. And because of the family that I had, you know, they, they were also sick. I wasn't pushed to do it. So it was sort of that also. And as I said before, I started obsessing about my weight. I learned to obsess from, from my mom and from my aunts. My mother was always on a diet. And I thought my problem was my weight. Um, I thought it was finding a perfect food plan. And, you know, food... The, the first memories I have of food are just bonding with my family, going over, 
either my grandmother's house or um, one of my aunt's houses and just being huge plates of like meatballs or pasta or whatever it was. And that's sort of how we bonded together. And I remember just overeating at that point. And then I remember like another memory of just running down the steps and having a robe on my parents' house, stuffing cookies in, in my pockets and then running upstairs because I didn't think I could eat in front of people. And I would get yelled at that I was too fat or, you know, don't take those cookies or whatever it was. So there was a bunch of shame around it, too, that I thought I had to sneak it. And then I wouldn't take the cookies because my mother would count them or like she would notice when like I could only rearrange so much (laughs) after a point. And then I would I would eat the batter. And that's when I started binging on that. And then when that was noticed that there was like, you know, she would see there's a couple inches of batter missing. Um, Then I started doing things. I remember it was probably eighth grade or ninth grade where I just started mixing crap up um, on my own, like flour, sugar, whatever it was to get that hit. Um, And then hopefully not be noticed that I had done that. And I remember like one of the, I used to binge with my sister, my parents, um, at that point, my dad was dating a few different people outside the relationship. He and my mother broke up in eighth grade. My mother remarried within a year um, uh, to an active alcoholic. So the food had its place. It helped me through a lot of situations. And um, there, it, the food and also the weight. Um, the weight helped me when I didn't want to date. Um, it helped me when I was dating, that it was always that excuse that if they didn't like me, it was because of my weight. And if I was thin, then I had to deal with, you know, everything else around it. Did they like me? Did they not like me? And then through program, people taught me, well, actually, do I like them? Um, That's one of the things I learned in program. And so the obsession, I'm not going to stay too much more uh, about the disease, but, you know, I did all the things people talked about. I went on a million different diets. I tried to time it around the new year. I would, every Monday I would go on a diet. I've done diet pills. I've gone to the doctors. I've got, gone back to my family doctor over and over and kept getting the same food plan that is similar to what I have now, but I had no power to follow it at that point. And at that point, I really did not want to be thin. Like I kept saying I wanted to be thin, but it scared the hell out of me when I was thin. I had no coping mechanisms. And um, from being 100 and I think it was like 130 pounds at my lowest in high school when I was anorexic and an exercise bulimic, within a year, year and a half, I was over 200 pounds. And I didn't see anything under about 210 pounds um, throughout my adult life until I came back to OA. Um, And... You know, I came in and out, in and out, as I said before. And then at some point, my life, that in that relationship, that second relationship that I was talking about, um, that person became my, that guy became my higher power. And, you know, my, my disease just kept progressing. And I remember <clears throat> just lying to him, trying to get him out of the house so I could order Pizza Hut. And that's just sad. That's not a relationship. But that's basically, you know, I was miserable. I couldn't express it. 
and my disease had just kept progressing um, as time went on. And I went to therapy for it. I went to um, different gurus that um, where you could just you know eat what you wanted, and you would crave supposedly at some point crave. Um, healthy foods after a period of time <laughs> that you ate, you know, gave yourself permission to eat whatever you wanted. So I've talked about this in the past. It was one month I ate nothing but cookie dough and then bagels, cream cheese, and locks, and then hot dogs. And my weight, I did lose a little bit of weight. I went from like 280 pounds to 265 pounds. And then it stopped, and I didn't get to what my doctors thought was a natural weight for me. I tried fat acceptance. I was trying everything but coming back to OA, uh, because I thought when I came to OA, I had to do a nine-step right away, or I had to do a four-step right away, and I didn't want to do all of that stuff. And every time I came back, the people that I saw who had what I wanted, who had lost a significant amount of weight, that were um, reasonably happy, seemed happy, and also there was the relationship thing because I wanted a relationship. They were all working the steps, and I hated it, but every time, nothing changed in how it works. Every time I came back, it was the same exact thing. And then at some point, um, I had hit bottom, and I was miserable. Every day going to work, it was either I was going to work, you know, 15 hours or I was going to call out sick. And there was that fear every morning because I was traveling a lot, which is a lot of fun being, um, you know, 130 pounds overweight to travel and see that, you know, see that look on people's faces when I'm coming in and I'm the middle seat. You know, there's that. Dis- I mean, there definitely is that part. I'm treated a lot differently as a thin person in this world. It's just reality, and just whether or not they were judging me, I was judging myself, and I hated myself. And I would wake up. I was depressed a lot. I had insomnia from binging, and I couldn't sleep. And it was all just. It just kept getting worse and worse in the disease. And at some point, I was in therapy. It was not working because I was just obsessed about my body size, and um, and my partner at that point. Because if he did, if he changed, if he did this, if he did that, then I'd be happy. Um, and you know, none of that was the answer. And. Um, I had eventually had come back to program and I had hit bottom and I decided to try what all of you had been telling me for years and years and years. Over eight years, I think I, I fought it and I got a reasonable food plan. I got a sponsor within a week. I committed to get a sponsor. I can still remember that phone call when I called him and my voice was cracking and you know asking him to be my sponsor. And that was sort of like what started to change my life. And being honest with him first about what my weight was, because I lied to myself about it. I lied on driver's licenses. I lied to everyone. I lied on trying to pick people up online because I was I was significantly thinner for that because I was lying to people <laughs> because I thought I'd put them off long enough to lose X amount of weight. And it never happened. And um, there's probably still a few people I owe amends for that. Um, And, you know, he just is like, my requirement is you check in with me a few times a week. You're honest with me. You work the steps with me. And you want to be abstinent. 
and we started working the steps sequentially together. We worked a few, we worked, I guess, probably a good five years together. And that's sort of what changed my life. It's that and this program and all of you have given me tools to sort of like live each day. And the one thing that I don't, as a compulsive overeater, don't like is being uncomfortable. I don't like learning things. I want to be the expert or I don't want to do it. Um, and what program has given me and a lot of people and encouragement and the fellowship has given me is just encouragement to try things, to try things and not make mistakes. I like to talk sort of like making a choice, and if that doesn't work, making a different choice. Um, and that's something I've learned from the sponsor I've been with since I've moved here. And um, being able to first was being uncomfortable with taking food that I was binging all day and having three meals and a snack. That was the first thing, and that was tough. The first six months was withdrawal just like any other drug, and it was tough. And then as I worked step two more and step three more and talked to a lot of people because I had a lot of problems with God, I started using higher power. I started acting as if and developed a simple concept of a higher power that worked for me that was basically something bigger than this disease that loved me unconditionally, that loved me as a gay man and wanted me to recover. And my sponsor just kept telling me over and over, we were all brought here to recover. And once you get a certain amount of recovery, then you help somebody else recover. And, um, and it was hard because a lot of times I thought it was different, that I, I would never have long-term recovery. I never thought that I would lose 130 pounds. And, you know, he and other people just kept encouraging me. I learned how to go out to dinner with people. Um, I learned how to show up for friendships from people in program because my friends just got sick of me because Friday nights they wouldn't make, they basically would pencil implants with me because if I wanted to be alone with food, if it was a bad day or whatever, the, there was a million excuses to, to overeat. I would basically cancel at the last second um, and I would eat enough for probably like four or five people because... I mean, especially in this meeting, you know, it takes a lot of food to maintain 300, 300 plus pounds. Because I eat a lot of food now, and I was eating four or five times when I was binging, and really at the height of my disease. And um, I would just, just keep, like, I just have memories of just binging and my mouth hurting from eating like chips and the burning from all the salt. And it was not fun, and, but I had no, at that point, I had no power to stop it. And then from working the steps and especially growing the spiritual part of this, this practice and being humbled enough to talk to people, make commit, commitments to people, which is hard for me to admit that I need help, um, the food started getting easier. And after six months, it started, I wasn't white knuckling as much. And um, food just started getting easier, and I started turning things over about work and people I hated at work. And, you know, if this guy would change, this supervisor would change, and life would be good. And I, people would have me pray for him, and I hated that. I hated the suggestion, but it worked. And it took probably a good six weeks, but it worked. 
And then all of the resentments like that came up in my fourth step, I did a lot of prayer um, in my around like the seventh and eighth step my, for my dad, for my mother, for people I never thought resentments would lift and people told me they would. And my dad was like an excuse that I, that was an excuse, that resentment that I would binge all the time. And that lifted, which was crazy to me because I never thought it would lift. And um, basically, like through the steps, I was able to do so many things. And people had walked before me and showed me how to do things. So there was the going to the beach thing, which was huge for me. Going to a gay beach in front of gay men and taking my shirt off was huge. Um, I was the kid that was like picked last for sports, and I was never athletic. And... Um, when I moved here, like this, probably the second year I moved here, I started running, which was kind of tricky because I was an exercise bulimic. But I started working with a sports nutritionist and with my sponsor. And this is not my running is not recovery. The recovery is in the steps. But I would never run before because either I was binging, I was either over exercising or I was doing nothing. And um there was a lot of stuff from my from growing up as a fat kid that I would never try it. I thought people would laugh at me. Um, I was afraid to do it. There was a whole bunch of because I was for the mile in high school, which I hate it. Um, I was the second to last in the mile because I was overweight. We had no walking before that. It was just run a mile, and I was. My best friend, who is my binge buddy, came in last. So I was grateful for I was grateful for him coming in last. Um, but I just remember going to Thursday night, um, Our Lady of Safeway meeting, and just talking about talking about that, you know, and saying I had fear of it. I feared of doing it. Fear of people laughing at me. And it was all that bullshit from high school. And then at some point it lifted, and then I was able to move from Philadelphia. And most people that grow up in Philadelphia never leave Philadelphia. So I was able to move to D.C. in a relationship. I was able to stay in that relationship and be abstinent, which it was the first experience doing it. And we were meant to be together for about five years, and I was able to leave that relationship, which was painful, and deal with it without overeating. And a lot of people helped me through that in D.C., who I'm grateful for. And I remember going to work every Monday morning and just crying in my office. And then it lifting. And that's sort of like some the thing that everyone taught me, like things lift. Things do not last forever. Ang like I was afraid anger would never lift because there was so much anger growing up that I thought... If I experienced it and I ate to, to, to you know, keep that down, um, if I allowed myself to be angry, I'd be hospitalized because my mother was hospitalized when I was a kid twice. And, you know, people through, through the writings, my sponsor taught me there is a beginning to anger and there is an end to it. And my disease still works in extremes, but over time has gotten less of extremes. Like, my partner and I had a fight on Sunday which lasted to Monday and it was in my in my 10-step my writing it was that was the end of the relationship it was going to be over it was going to be this it was going to be that and I did the writing and I meditated and then I shared it with somebody else 
And then I was madly in love with my partner again, like, that <laughs> night. It lifted, and it took some time, and and things don't let, like, I was going to be fired. And in the midst of, even now, most of that has lifted, the being fired thing. But the first, I've been at this job for almost four years, and it was almost every day in my 10th step, they're going to, you know, I have fear that I'm going to be fired. I have fear they're going to know that I don't know what I'm doing. And I was getting, you know, I was promoted three different times, but my disease was telling me I was a failure, you know, all the lies. Because basically, this disease's function is it wants me dead. You know, it wants me in the food and having a long, slow death. Um, not like where it just kills me right away, but just kills my spirit, kills my self-esteem, um, kills my relationships. Until, and my life right before I got back in the program was just tiny. You know, I worked a lot. On the outside, I was successful. I was making a lot of money at a corner office, but I was miserable. Um, I didn't like myself. And I wasn't attracting people who would treat me well and accepted any type of behavior because I thought I deserved whatever, whoever would sleep with me or date with me. That's sort of what I was before program. That's what I would accept. And from working the steps and all of you, I learned, you know, my self-esteem is so much better. I'm in a relationship now with someone who I really want to be with, who I'm in love with. Most days, most days. There's some days where, you know, we want to kill each other, but that's a relationship. Um, but for the most part, like, I don't want to, I'm not thinking of the exit of it, which I used to think in other relationships. And, you know, recovery is still work. You know, my life is not perfect, but it was a lot of work to be in the disease and it was a lot of misery. Like there was, you know, I still had friends and I still had fun and all of that stuff, but all that stuff in my head for the most part is lifted, all that eat this, don't eat this, they're looking at you, all of that stuff, will this fit? That was the other thing, waking up in the morning and wondering if my suits would fit, and I had to go on a, a plane, and there was times where zippers would break or the thighs would you know, either rip or had the bad, like, we used to call it the thigh rub, you know, from because my thighs were huge. And I had, I think my waist when, when I was at my heaviest was about 56 inches. So I was almost as wide as I am tall. Not quite, but um, like all of that, um, I don't have to live like that today. And it takes work. Like I sponsor three people, which is amazing. I have a sponsor. I try the best with this program that I can. I don't work it perfectly. And my life is night and day, and I have a pretty amazing life. And sometimes it's hard to balance everything um, between work and program and my relationship and friendships and everything. Um, but my life has never been better. Like, even in my disease, the best days, this is so much better. Um, and when I wake up in the morning, sometimes the disease tells me it's too much to do a 10th step. You know, just go do work. Work, you know, you have your to-do list is too big. Um, and that's sort of like the, the lie of the disease. Or, you know, your dinner's done, you deserve a little bit more. That's usually where my disease is at now. 
And sometimes I call people. Most of the time I will call someone or tell someone, my dinner is done. I hate it. I might curse. But then the next morning I don't have to wake up and feel like shit. Um, so I, I try to work the program as black and white with the food um, because I've been through relapse in the past and it lasted um, about three and a half years and it was awful. Um, so I don't want to go back there again. So I think that's all I have tonight. So thanks for asking me to share.